Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Glad you're with us uh, here on a Friday, an abbreviated program. We'll take you up until noon. Trent joins the program. Oh, somewhere toward the top of the hour. It's Friday. We'll do the Claxons giveaway at about 1145. Your opportunity to win some barbecue from Altoona. The program today, we're just going to do Hawks. We're going to do clones. Tom Cakert will help us preview uh, tomorrow's tilt in uh, New Jersey against Rutgers. A, I think it's a big spot. I really do. It's a tough spot. Rutgers is better, I think, than the record indicates. We will preview that with Tom Cakert. Likewise, Dylan Montz. You know, I think I gave you the guest list backwards. Dylan is first. Uh, Andrew Downs. Dylan Montz, Ames Tribune, comes up here in about oh, 20 minutes or so. We will talk to Dylan Montz on Iowa State, K-State. Uh, Iowa State's got a chance to really bring a lot of schools, a lot of teams back into the uh, hunt in the Big 12. If they can go to Manhattan and beat a team that beat them uh, earlier in the year by a point when Iowa State really went to pick the worst time to go in that uh, drought late in the game as K-State finished with a 10-2 run. All right, let's address the elephant in the room, if you would allow me to. Uh, and I know that a lot of people were disappointed we weren't on yesterday. I, For one of them, I certainly wasn't. It was um, very fortunate timing. It could have happened sooner. A lot of folks thought it was going to happen sooner. I'll explain that. But what I do want to say before I get into... Uh, talking about what I'm going to talk about is I'm going to be very cognizant of the judicial system and the trial that's going to begin on April the 1st. I'm nothing to hide. I would love to tell everything. And I will at some point. Not every, let's look at, let me, let me rephrase that. That makes it sound like there's, I've got skeletons. I don't. I don't. I mean, there's been an FBI investigation for going on for over a year. If Ken Miller, sort of talking third person, would have been a part of this or even in connected in any way, you would have thought, no, you wouldn't have thought, it would have been public knowledge by now that uh, for some reason I was caught up in this thing and I'm not. I sleep very well at night. Sleep better now since the arrest has happened just because I know he can't continue some of the shenanigans that he pulled for so many years. But I want to go back to when it began in 1996. And, you know, I read a lot that over the 20-something years that we were together, well, that first and foremost is a huge misnomer. I've been on the air for 23 years. I think Marty and I were together, and I hate saying his name. I do. I should call him. I don't know why I can call him. He doesn't deserve his name, doesn't deserve to be on this station. Terrell and I were together for maybe 11 of the 23 The jock started in 1996. In 1999, at the end of 1999, he was gone. He was gone to a fledgling station on the AM dial uh, that was run out of Principal Park. Uh, Then at some point he left for Boston. We got back together uh, to work for the Celtics. We got back together in 2004 working out of the barber shop on, and we, we had the, F, the AM dial 1490. We did our show there before coming over here and we're together here. And I thought, and this is, you know, one of the things that was made it so, um, easy to get, to put myself in the spot that I put myself in. Um, we were good when we were here. It was good radio. We were moving the needle. The salespeople was, they, they were, everybody was, everybody was doing very well. 
and it hit the fan uh, in March of 2009 with the F-bomb incidents that cost three people their job, two of which uh, collateral damage in some ways. No, not in some ways, collateral damage. Uh, it was just an unfortunate situation. And one day, I'm going to, you know, because a lot of people don't know that story. There was five of us in this room. John Miller, Ken Miller, Larry Kotler, Jeff Kahn, and Terrell. And I'll tell that story one day just to refresh people's memories about it. I got a lot of stories like that. Not the Malfian stuff. Look, I would get off the air at 9 o'clock when we were on the jock and get in my car and race to Prairie Meadows. I had a full-time job. Likewise, when I when I most recently got back with him, well, every t- the entire time we worked together, I had a full-time job. And due to this day, I have no idea what he was doing when I wasn't with him. Well, you spend time with him. You got to know what's going on. We spent three hours together. And of that 180 minutes, 150 or so had open mics. If there was any Malfians going on, the audience would have known, right? We have different jobs than most people. We don't sit in cubicles or wherever. We don't drive around two sales guys. Whatever your job is, we have different. This is a different job. Um, I have no idea what he did when I wasn't with him. Nor at, up until you know it hit the fan. I really didn't care. He did his thing. I would come in. My role in the show was to create the guest list to line up the show because, A, I wanted to do that. Therefore, I had a control of which way the show was going to go. But from the time I woke up in the morning till 2.30 when I got to Mediacom, I wasn't with him. There was, there was, there was no sales calls together other than the first couple of weeks when we went to the people that I thought would help us. So I want to make it very clear that if I was caught up in this at all, you would have known. There was, I don't know how many civil lawsuits that we've, that we've, and hats off to City View, by the way. I mean, City View was really the only media outlet, Michael Gardner, who had the, um, not guts. He had, a, he had the platform, the right platform to, um, shed some light on what was going on with this guy. And, and he did. Um, and to Channel 5 as well, who broke the story. I thought 13 was going to break it on Wednesday night. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what we knew about the arrest and how long it'd been going on. But I want to make it clear. And I, and I can't, I'm probably repeating myself, but I can't make this clear enough. If I would have been a part of this, you would have known whether it had been the civil or the criminal. The FBI agent, who, oh, by the way, as an aside, some of you have heard the Ramil Robinson story, the former Michigan Wolverine who was, you know, caught up in, in money scandals as well. He was arrested, and you can see the clips. It's American Greed. And I wonder if this one day will end up on American Greed. A show on Channel 355 on DirecTV. I don't know what channel. I don't know what network. It is CNBC maybe. Um, but, but the FBI agent, Kevin Kohler, who arrested Ramil Robinson, was also the lead investigator in uh, – in Terrell's um, case that just was um, that resulted in arrest on Wednesday and a trial yesterday on Thursday. So let me take you back to how the police investigation, if you want to call it that, and I think that's fair to do so, how it all started and, and how I got involved with it. And I should say this, behind the scenes to begin with, when 
a good friend of mine who at the time we were acquaintances. We become really good friends now, really good friends. And his initials are part of the eight initials, eight pairs of initials that are in the indictment. And I'm not going to, you know, tell you who those names, who those initials belong to. You can figure it out yourself if you're so inclined. Uh, one day I will, the day after the trial is over or when that opportunity presents itself. Because here's what I'm going to promise to do. And I don't like taking calls. I don't. Not, not just on this, on anything. You know that. I, I don't, that's not how I like to do sports talk radio. But that day, if you have a call and you want to try, if you want to call in, happy to take a call. Um, but there were three groups, come to find out, all of us, working behind the scenes to do what we could do to bring this guy to his knees. One group, I'm, a very, I'm very good friends with one group and one person in particular as part of that group. Uh, and then I got to know really well, and to this day we text um, almost daily. I feel bad for her. We've become really good friends through all of this thing. But we all got together and all kind of like a show and tell. Well, okay, what do you know? Okay, well, what, how can we connect? The, we wanted to form a path and lead the FBI investigation to him as soon as we possibly could. I was interviewed by the Ankeny police in either late October or early November of 2017. This case began in Ankeny because one of the victims was an Ankeny business who was taken advantage of by the person who's now behind bars. And this case began in Ankeny and very quickly moved to the federal level. I interviewed with the, a detective in the Ankeny Police Department. Boy, what a beautiful police station. That's our tax dollars if you live in Ankeny. Money well spent. First and only time, hopefully, I'm ever in that facility. Um, I'm pretty sure I can promise you that. And I interviewed with the detective for about 45 minutes. We had a great conversation. I mean, I'm sure it's all taped, right? I watch enough first 48 or these cop shows to know that you're in one of these rooms. And it wasn't really a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, a room where investigation room or anything like there's a name for it, but I don't know what it was. There's couches, but I'm sure it was all taped and all on camera. And I'm great with that. I'm glad I wanted this to all be on record. I have nothing to hide. And in fact, because of the fact that we were now working as three different teams coming together, I was able to provide him or to corroborate what some people had already perhaps told them as to know, look here, 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 and here. Because I think that if you do look here, 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 and here, your case is going to come together very quickly. Well, it's very apparent that this detective was had a lot on the ball and knew that once he continued to turn over uh, all of these leaves, realized, whoa, this is way bigger than Ankeny, Iowa, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation was brought in. A grand jury would, was, 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 what do you call it, sequestered? Sequestered, right? Um, grand jury was sequestered in either January or February of that year, and I was told so by the detective because I followed up with him and just, you know, a lot of us did. You know, is there any news? You getting any closer? When can we expect an arrest? Because we all were confident that this is exactly how it's going to turn out. This guy's going to jail. And we're going to help that happen. And we did. 
But it became apparent very quickly that it was bigger than Ankeny. The grand jury is subpoenaed, and the FBI has taken the case. A year ago this month, I spoke with Agent Kohler of the FBI. I think we all did at some point. I know a lot of us did. And I was kind of surprised, to be honest, that after spending 45 minutes to an hour with the Ankeny police detective, that my conversation with the FBI was as short as it was. Well, they had everything. The FBI at this point had everything that Ankeny had done turned over. And essentially, as I, you know, putting two and two together, really had nothing new to offer up because they had all this information. The thing that I remembered about the conversation the most was when I asked um, Mr. Kohler, Agent Kohler, how long is this going to take? You know, because he continues to walk the streets. And we all assume that he's continuing to perpetuate what he's con- what he's now done for who knows how long. I mean, dating back to 1997. And by the way, let me say this. Let me go back to the jock days very quickly before I come back to um, the end of the conversation with the FBI. I learned about Chris Shipley's story yesterday. That gutted me. We had no idea. We had no idea. And, I mean, I, I think I speak for Scott Pierce, who was part of it. You might not remember the name. You might remember Scott Pierce's name. Kenny Thompson, who was our producer. Um, Jenny Motes was there. I'm trying to think of the people that were there. We had no idea that this case went to court and was adjudicated in the Shipley's favor. I remember Terrell going out to the fight. He was always on the road. I always stayed home to do the shows, right? That was my part of it. I stayed home. I didn't go on, you know, I read the story yesterday, a private plane that he didn't pay for, going to take uh, a group of eight to the World Series, uh, Game 7 in Cleveland. I wasn't on that plane. I was at Mediacom doing the show. But the Shipley story from yesterday... It's heart wrenching. Felt terrible. I would like to. I would love to speak with Chris Ship. I have no idea what I would say. We had. We had. It was none of the employees. None of the. That's what we were. None of us had any idea. I don't think that this was taking place. I knew one bad story at the jock. There was a contest winner. I'm not going to say his name. A contest winner was left in. I want. I think it's Texas. I don't know what trip he won. He won airfare and accommodations and tickets to this trip. And he got there. He must have got there. Got to the game. Got back to the airport to come back to Des Moines. And he had a one-way ticket. That was the only thing that I was aware of that was not on the up and up. The Jim Rome story, I'll tell you that one, one day. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not as bad as some people make it out to me. I know Rome's run with it. Why wouldn't you? We do radio. We do, we're, we're supposed to be in the entertainment business. And Rome had fun with it, I'm sure. But back to the end of the interview with Kevin Kohler. I asked him how long this is going to take. And his response was very heartening, to be honest with you. He said, I'm just not going after the low-hanging fruit. We want to dig into this as deep as we possibly can. And we want to go all the way back and we want to overturn everything because when we do go forward with charges, we want to have everything in front of us. 
that's why, apparently, that this took a year. Now, just real quick to finish this up. I think we're probably going to have to push Dylan to 11 o'clock, if that's okay, because I'm rolling and I want to get this out. And I apologize to, A, the people I work with here, and B, our audience, that for the second Friday in the last two weeks, I've had to do similar. Isn't fair to them. You know, I turned 60 in December. I'm on the, if, if my career was game of golf, I'm on the 17th hole. Now, I thought that this would be, I didn't expect this. I hope March is better. January, not good. February, good in some respects. Selfishly for me, not good because I didn't like seeing my picture in the register yesterday. I had nothing to do with it. Shame on you, Des Moines Register. I get it, kind of. It's like you couldn't find a picture of him by himself, please. The a warrant was signed in late January, and we, as the three groups working as one, all became aware of it, that it was getting closer to an end. When one of us found out through uh, Terrell's sister, he's close with one sister in Massachusetts, that the warrant, that there was a warrant for his arrest, and if you speak with him, if you know where he is, would you please tell him to turn himself in? And I don't, look, I wasn't privy to the conversation, obviously, but the conversation as a, and you know how the conversation, you know, rumor starts in one part of the room by the time he gets back to you, it's completely changed. And I don't think this is the case, but I'm putting that out there just in case this isn't how it went down. But I know the part about the turn himself in was true. This is the part that, you know, I, I think it is, um, because he was said, we don't want to have to send a SWAT team to get him when we, or, or a bunch of personnel uh, when we do find him. So we knew it was coming. And the day started to count down. Tick, 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 tick. We're trying to, you know, is it going to be today? Is it going to be tomorrow? We know it's coming. We had no idea where he was. We polled each other. Two of the groups thought he was in Chicago. I was convinced he was in Massachusetts. Later on that night... The same day that we all had our, where is he, where is he, what's your bet type of thing. Not, we're not having fun with it, but we're making, we're trying to put a, a happy face on our little group, right? Not by having, you know, just a happy face. If you, That's not the right expression, but we're, you know, when do you think, when do you think, where do you think type of thing. So that night he was spotted in Des Moines amongst a group he was panhandling. I'm going to tell you something right now that probably most of you don't know. That you saw his picture, his mugshot picture, and oh boy, he looks terrible. That's what being homeless does to you. He's homeless. He has been homeless. Apparently. For the, I don't know how long. I know that as we come to find out and directed the FBI where to look that he was staying in shelters or churches in the winter months that would house the unfortunate people that don't have a roof over their head and a place to stay warm on a cold January night in Iowa or February. But we knew it was coming, and I got the call or text uh, right after I got off the air on Wednesday that they have arrested Marty. Said his name again. That they arrested Terrell. And as a group, we 
I don't think we were euphoric. I don't think we were, we certainly weren't sad. We weren't, not at all, none of us. Nope, none of us. We were relieved, maybe. I hope our group stays together. We were fun. It was fun, you know, talking and trying to, in some cases, right some wrongs to help some people out. Um, But just at that point from 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday, you know, when is the story going to hit the news? And as we come to find out, uh, I know Channel 13 was sniffing around because I got some texts that night, and I thought that they would be the one to break it, but apparently Channel 5 had uh, had enough um, that they could go forward. And they were right. They were absolutely right. And good for them. I mean, of all the stations in town, and this is going to come across as a slight, but you know, who's the if you had to break which one's going to get it first, I don't think many would say Channel 5, and they did. Good for you, We Are Iowa. You had the story first. Um, Yesterday was not a good day, and I'll tell you why. It's two words. It's two words. And Miller. I hate those words. I'll always be associated with him. There's a lot of good times. There was some good times. We did good radio. The day that the F-bombs dropped... I think he really started to go down a, a dark, dark path. And I wasn't part of the Loopy stuff or the Toyota Des Moines or the Troy Aikman. That stuff is not me. I was here with Matt Peralt, with Jim Brinson when this stuff hit the fan. So that's what I wanted to tell you. I know the, the eight and sets of initials. I know six of them. I directed the authorities and help direct the authorities and we all did because we were all interviewed the bad part about it there's more initials there's more people 1.5 million hmm. you don't know half the story I don't think I think it's it's significantly more than that and I don't know if those people ever, and I don't blame them a bit. If they don't want to be part of this, stay out of it. I wish I didn't have to be. The last thing I wanted to do here today was to come in and do this 20, whatever it is, minutes of radio. And Miller haunts me. And it was so much fun. Started my career in sports talk radio. And Miller. And Miller left a mark yesterday. It's not about me. It's about the victims. It's about those people whose lives were ruined. Many more probably will come forward. Chris Shipley, I'm so sorry for you and your father. You have to realize that none of the people that were trying to launch a sports station other than one, hardworking people, we had nothing to do with this. We had no idea. I don't think anybody in that building knew that this went to trial. Maybe some did. I certainly didn't. I, I don't think any of us did. I really don't. Again, I knew one thing. Some guy got left in Texas on a one-way ticket. Couldn't get home. Bad deal. I get it. I get it. Uh, I'll take a time out. I'm going to switch to sports. Trent's here. When we come back, we're going to do Dylan Mons on Iowa State. Tom Cakert on Iowa. Claxon's giveaway. Thank you for listening to what I had to say. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO.